What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. I already announced this on the Two White Lights Instagram page, and people have expressed their excitement because they know when Marcellus Williams, Steve Denovi, and Joe Stanek are on a podcast discussing whether or not the USAPL should leave the IPF, they know you're going to get some damn good content and some informational content as well. Because these three gentlemen are some of the most qualified people to give you the most clear, concise, well-articulated arguments you are going to hear on this topic, whether or not it is a good idea, bad idea, implications going forward, some ideas as far as the future of the sport goes. And also, this is going to be an extremely beneficial episode to educate lifters and coaches alike on what this means for the USAPL, especially with that drug testing from the IPF the mandates that they release from the state and local level, what that means for lifters, if it's a big deal, why people are upset about it, some devil advocate being played on this one because it may not turn out to be as big a deal as people say, but this is why I have these three gentlemen on, to educate, inform, and to give some real great arguments, and that's what they did this entire episode. So it starts off with us kind of explaining what the rule means, why people are upset about it, uh, and then kind of transition to what would happen if the USAPL left the IPF and whether or not we think it's a good idea. Pros and cons, future ideas going forward, a lot of really exciting ideas that we all came up with. Terrific conversation. It was a pleasure for me to record this. I always love talking about this. Very similar to the Garrett Fear, Sean Noriega episode, in my opinion. Um, I love having conversations like this because I learn a lot. And if I learned a lot, you guys are probably going to learn more because you're probably more attentive and uh, pay more attention to detail than I do. So I know this episode is going to be great for you guys. But before we get into this episode, got to talk to you guys about Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leflarbros.com. Definitely follow them on Instagram and check out their merchandise. I was just at Lieutenant Surge Power Battle in Carroll Stream, Illinois at Surge New Levels and... I saw those Left Left Bros comp tees out on the platform, and they look fantastic. They're even better in person. Now, they look great on Instagram, but they're better in person. And also, I saw a lot of people just wear their merch, and I was loving to see that because that means the Left Left Bros family is growing. And it makes sense because they help powerlifting. They try to grow the sport, and it's huge for these apparel companies to do that. And it's always a big plus when their merch is amazing. So... Go on LaFleurBros.com and pick yourself out some merchandise, some t-shirts, some hoodies, whatever you need. They got it. Use promo code 2WL15 at checkout to save yourself some money. 2WL15, save yourself some money on all Leflar Bros merchandise. And they also have two white lights merch on there as well. So you can't get two white lights merchandise anywhere else aside from LaFleurBros.com. Use that same promo code at the checkout. 2WL15, and there might be some more designs being dropped for the Two White Lights merch. Get excited for that because they look amazing. Also, go to Rivalist.net and get yourself some Informed Choice supplements. I use Rivalist because that Informed Choice supplement label is there, and their supplements are awesome. So it's always a plus when you have great supplements and you don't get busted while using them. And Rivalist is going to help you do that. Use promo code ANGELO15 at checkout to save yourself some money on that informed 
choice supplements. Very important for all you natty lifters out there. Also, while you're there, open another tab and go to lift.net as well. Get yourself some stoic gear. I wear stoic gear out on the platform and in the gym, and the only reason why I do that is because it's the best gear out there. The sleeves, the wrist straps, the singlets. I gave someone my wrist straps at Lieutenant Surge Power Battle, and they they just bought the wrist straps. Not for me, but from Stoic, and they used promo code ANGELO10. So use promo code ANGELO10. That's how good the wrist straps were. I gave them the white label ones, and those the, the quality on those are fantastic. Those are some fantastic, and they look amazing too. So use promo code ANGELO10. I already had a satisfied customer this week, and I'm planning on getting more within the next week. So lift.net. Stoic Gear, Angelo 10 at checkout. Oh, got a text. And make sure you guys are following Notorious Lift on Instagram. Sign up for that newsletter. No slip drip is a real thing. You want to look good on the platform. And again, at that Lieutenant Surge Power Battle, many people were wearing those slippers, and all of them looked amazing. And all of them deadlifted amazing, too. Because not only are you going to look amazing, you're going to deadlift pretty damn well because they have the best slippers for deadlifting out on the market and benching too and there is a comfortable shoe just walking around them just fantastic so the amount of designs they have the color schemes they have the color waves they got will match your gym attire your platform attire and again they don't sell everything at once on notorious lift you've got to sign up for that newsletter and get ahead of those drops because i don't want you guys seeing a color that you love and then going on notorious lift and finding out it's sold out That'll be terrible. That's like the worst news you could hear in a day. Don't do that. Make sure you get on that newsletter, sign up for it, and get ahead of those drops so you don't miss out on a notorious lift, no slip drip slippers. And make sure you are subscribing on Apple Podcasts, following us on Spotify. Also on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and a review. Those help. Those are important for Two White Lights. You can also listen to us on twowhitelights.com. And without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. promised i got with me three very intelligent trustworthy coaches and members of the usapl on this podcast to discuss a thing that we can make a series on two white lights the ipf upsets the usapl and people are upset with the ipf i got marcellus williams steve denovi and joe stanick thank you gentlemen for taking times out of your day to talk about this what's up Glad to, glad to be here. Am I am I breaking the record for yeah, uh, guest appearances again? Oh yeah, you keep on doing that. It's been it's beneficial to be my co-host. Be labeled as, co- as a third co-host now and no longer is eligible. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, does that mean it goes to me? This is like my third time. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, yeah. Be you you and Garrett, bat- you Garrett and Sean then. Yeah. Okay. okay. Battling it it's, out. It's a true. It's a true honor to get asked to come on multiple times because I really don't do that for everyone. So the gentlemen in this room right now are in elite company, and the reason why 
you're asked to come on Two White Lights multiple times because you could actually give a real insightful, clear-cut, articulate discussion on what's going on right now. Because we've seen it happen, really, I'm not even going to say in the past few weeks, I will credit this to years in the making, where the IPF makes decisions and people in other umbrella federations, not just the USAPL, but other umbrella federations, get upset with them. And within the two weeks, we have seen more of that. And we've seen more disgruntlement with USAPL lifters. And more lifters have been asking or bringing it up, should the USAPL leave the IPF and will they be better off while doing it? So we posted on two white lights. We had a lot of comments. We're going to get to the comments later. But I think it's better to work backwards here. The first thing that we've seen that kind of raised this question was what me and Steve talked about in an episode was the IPF making that decision of all lifters who compete in international competitions that aren't IPF and within the IPF umbrella could face a year suspension over regional, national, and international meets. That pissed off a lot of people, especially because in America there's some high-level meets, and if those lifters who compete at those meets aren't able to compete at Raw Nationals or an international event, that is going to upset them. Then... I believe it was when Wednesday that they made the uh, announcement of there's a going to be a new standard of drug testing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pass this off to you guys because in this room right now, I am the least qualified to really talk about the implications of the drug testing. So I'm gonna actually pass it off to uh, you because uh, Joe, because we had a good conversation about this. What is your stance right now as far as the IPF decision goes in relation to the USAPL and are you kind of now like starting to sway that the USAPL will be better off leaving the IPF? Sure. So, I mean, the the major implication, j- just to clarify for anybody that doesn't know the exact details of it, um, so at least according to the post starting in 2021, uh, the WADA uh, mandate will come from the IPF, meaning that uh, at least the way it's worded, it's supposed to be that all tests are run by WADA. Um, and, and I have to be honest, after all of the, the, the different ways in which the IPF has been, it almost seems like directly interfering with a lot of the stuff that goes on in USAPL. I, I don't know. I, I've, I've gone to bat for the IPF a, a lot um, over the course of my, my coaching career. And this is just one of those times where I'm like, you know, I, I'm leaning, I'm starting to lean the other way. Um, I'm not, I'm not fully convinced, but for the first time, I'm really considering a lot of those arguments without being um, immediately dismissive. It just, it just kind of seems like they're, I, I know, I know that's not for sure, but it almost just kind of seems like they're directly trying to interfere with what we do here. Um, now, I don't know, I don't know what the inner goings on are, are, are like, but the the major implication of this is that our standard of testing, which is usually ten percent of all lifters across all competitions, uh, at least under uh, the idea that all of it would be WADA compliant, uh, it, it just won't be possible anymore. And that is what makes USA powerlifting USA powerlifting. There's a reason that the slogan is America's choice for drug-free strength sport. And the whole idea is that we do a high level of testing, a high amount of testing to curb uh, the idea that people would use PEDs in, in any level of competition to make the platform as fair as possible. Obviously, you know, you, you can't guarantee drug-free, but the more testing you do, the, the less of a chance somebody's going to try to risk that. Mm-hmm. And 
the more of a chance that if somebody does that, they're going to get caught. Um, and it's just unfortunate, uh, at least according to the post, it's about $2,000 per test, which uh, is anywhere between 10 and 20 times the usual cost of a drug test that is done by a Redwood Toxicology. Um, I'm not sure, uh, you know, how first everybody out there is in the drug testing for USAPL, but uh, Redwood Toxicology does a really good job. They run a full panel. Um, it's, it's a private lab and it is run by somebody who used to work for WADA. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's a very... Um, you know, they have a long history of, of producing uh, quality tests at a more affordable rate. And I just, I don't know. I, I like, to me, the, the biggest thing is that we're losing that, that standard and the ability to provide that at the local level. Um, and yes, uh, obviously it's, it's, I suppose, a good thing to have higher quality testing, but it's just like, would you rather there be, you know, minimal high quality testing or widespread testing? And I mean, admittedly, the quality thing is is still, in my opinion, I don't think it's, you know, that big of a thing at the end of the day. Um, yeah. But there, I don't know. There's a lot of arguments that I've seen. I've seen some, some different arguments on, you know, the, the whole, um, the fact that the uh, local tests are given out by referees compared to like a third party, but we can get into that and whatever. I, I feel like I've been kind of rambling a lot, but yeah, the big impl- implication is just that the testing is at the current level that we do it is just not going to be possible. If we are truly converting to all water testing, it's just not possible. Yeah, so then, Marcellus, how about you? Because the, both of those things I just mentioned affect you, and they affect Steve, but, you know, he's a co-host of the show and gets his opinions on here quite a bit. How does it, how, what are you feeling in this situation? Because the original uh, rule change from the IPF affects some of the lifters that you are coaching, and also, you're a person who competes in the USAPL, coaches within, uh, are the USAPL, and coaches within the USAPL, how what are your what's your stance on this right now and how are you feeling about you know the current situation between the usapl and ipf yeah um i absolutely for a while i have been feeling like ipf kind of just keeps pushing and pushing up let's get to the point where usapl is going to have to make a choice uh and after these past two recent incidents even the last incidents which i will touch on I still wasn't like, okay, yeah, we just got to dip. This is like, this is it. I thought it was a crappy situation, but I could, especially you guys kind of broke it down that last episode where you kind of broke down maybe why they're doing it. And based upon the time, it obviously wasn't there to target, you know, uh, my lifter Ashton or Sean or Danny or anything like that. Um, the issue I did have though, is that if it really, if they really did make that rule because of one person, why not just handle the issue with that one person? Why make, everybody else suffers as far as like, you know, like if Ashton and Sean want to go do that meet, especially when they were going to get drug tested at that meet being the showdown. Um, and then as a coach myself, the fact I have other lifters and other patients that may want to go to those big meets like the showdown that as a coach, if you go, if Ashton doesn't do it, if I go handle my other lifters at that meet, then I would get a ban. So you're basically making me pick between, well, I want to be here for my clients who aren't necessarily in the USAPL, but if I do, then I'm potentially screwing myself from handling my clients in the USAPL for national. So you're basically making me have to choose how much value I offer to my clients, which is puts me in a very weird ethical situation. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely not okay with that at all. Um, and, and I just don't see why if it's like, okay, if you're having this issue with this one person, why not just ban that one person? then let everyone else move more freely. And then when you look at what they're doing now with the drug testing, it's really funny. It's almost like, we're going to do everything we can to keep you 
forced into our federation, but then we're going to take away the main incentive you have to stay in our federation because the, the whole purpose, like Joe said, of USAPL is that it is like pretty much the highest standard for drug testing. And yes, of course, blah, 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 drug testing doesn't always mean drug free, but like you said, the more tests you have, the more frequently you test, the more likely you are to catch people. And it's a deterrent. That's my big thing. If, mm-hmm. if somebody knows that I'm on drugs, I can just go to the USBA versus trying to pay however much money to get a doctor to cycle me off stuff perfectly to pass a drug test in the USAPL, they're probably just going to go USBA, right? Um, so I, I honestly think it's ridiculous. I feel like at this point, it's it's gone beyond just, oh, this is kind of a crappy rule that kind of affects the lifters or affects some lifters. This is something that legitimately affects the Federation as a whole, every lifter in the Federation, because it's now this thing where at a local level, someone can potentially go against somebody that is using and lose to that person. But we can say all day, well, oh, nationals is all that matters. Worlds, that's all that matters. Which, and I saw some people say comments, right? Which I have to, I have to go ahead and address this right now. I have to get this off my chest because I've been holding this in ever since you asked me to come on. Um, to, and, and mind you, I know this isn't everyone. Because there's a lot of high level lifters, world level lifters who have, who have agreed with like, yeah, just leave the IPF, right? Like I know a lot of my high level lifters have said that. I know there's some high level lifters who are like, you know, oh, but I really like going into worlds. I, to miss international competition there's a lot of young lifters who i guess think they're going to be the next best thing or they're like oh but i want my shot at worlds listen i'm sorry that is so selfish in the situation in my opinion and i get it because you're a lifter you have your own goals you have things you want to do but to me less than one percent of all lifters in usapl will ever win a national title let alone go to worlds so to me to be so focused on staying the ipf just to go to worlds is something that's going to potentially screw all these other lifters up level from like a drug tested federation it's wild to me and i don't i don't think it's worth it when potentially if the usapl does leave there's other things they can do which i'm sure we'll get into to kind of compensate for a lack of worlds but if they stay and if if we are reading this post correctly and we can't drug test the same way we're pretty much only going to drug test at the national level the implications of that like it's not even the usapl it's just not it's not the same federation it's, it, to me, it's that simple. So it's 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 gone from being these little weird rules. We're like, oh, well, that kind of sucks. It kind of sucks. We're like, no, you are really forcing us to change who we are as a federation at this point. Mm-hmm. And it impacts everybody. Yeah, and one thing that a lot of, like, both you and Joe have said the same thing, is drug tested doesn't mean drug-free, right? But in all the other sports, you can say that same argument. Drug tested doesn't mean drug-free. But what makes the USAPL the USAPL is that they actually test a lot more than those other sports organizations that we're talking about. Like baseball famously didn't test anyone, anyone at all. And then they went to Congress for it and got in a lot of trouble. And then the integrity of the sport was called into question. And it's still currently that way. I could say without a shadow of a doubt, the USAPL tests more of its athletes than major league baseball, than the NFL than the National Basketball Association. They do that, and that's what kind of makes it a little bit more true to the sense that it is actually drug-free because of how many people they do test. Because um, if you go into other sports organizations, they do, they do not test all their athletes, or even the top athletes, as much as people think. And it's very funny that they think that they have more faith in those organizations than the USAPL, who isn't making billions of dollars off of TV deals. Speaking, speaking of the billions of dollars, I think another thing to, to throw in there too is that the cost of these tests 
uh, not only will will come back to the lifters as well, but I think on the on the post they talked about how that's it's going to cost them over fifty percent of their cash reserves as well. So the, I mean, there's a good chance that that that's going to affect the quality of, of things like nationals, of you know all of these these bigger meets um, that the USAPL is directly involved with. The quality of that will go down as well, which I think is another huge deal. That's one of the things that I think, it, it admittedly, makes USA Powerlifting one of if not the best federation in America because we just consistently have these really high quality, well-produced national level meets. And I mean, that's minor compared to the rest of the, the stuff that we were just talking about. But again, we lose something that's kind of at the soul of our federation. Yeah. It's some, something I think that would be good to clarify. Cause I, this is actually something I think is really misunderstood is like, what is this 10% that we drug test? Um, I, I think all of us know a little bit more about this. I mean, me and Joe, our meat directors, we have directly drug test people. So we drug test 10%. I just hosted a meet this last weekend. We had 25 lifters, which means I have to drug test three people. We are specifically choosing the people we drug test. Um, it is not random. It doesn't even have to be the best lifter. It typically is the best lifters, but I, um, this isn't every meat director. I have caught someone who was cheating. He had the second highest TE ratio in the last five years because I knew he was on stuff. And so I tested him. Um, and this kind of, so when we pick out who we're testing, um, it's not random. We are specifically trying to catch either the best lifters to make sure they are drug free, or we are picking out people who we specifically think are on drugs and kind of the quality versus quantity. I definitely I'm on the quantity side because we're not in baseball. We're not millionaires who can afford Victor Conte, Victor Conte to do some elaborate drug cocktail for us to pass drug tests. Most of these people who are taking drugs, if not all, are just just getting it from some dealer within their hometown or taking very generic testosterone and some type of possible anabolic substance on top of it, which is going to be caught from our fairly generic test of testing the TE ratio. And for those who don't know, a 5 to 1 ratio or higher is considered a positive test. And so it's a pretty simple test. Like, I mean, if you're you're taking it, you're going to get caught. And I don't really see us needing... A ton more than that. Like the WADA paddle makes WADA paddle makes sense in the sense of Olympics because they have government funded backing in some of these countries who are making sure they have these elaborate cocktails. I don't think anyone in the USAPL is doing that. Like our, our protocol is pretty sound for what we're trying to do. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing when people talk about like, oh, but what's wrong with higher quality? One, like we all discussed before, if they want to have the higher quality test at just the national level and still let us test where we are locally, then that's fine. I, I don't care. I have no issue with that. But if it's this mindset of we have to have that standard testing across the board, which they just can't afford to do, say charge everybody, well, then my, I, my question would be why? Like if what we're doing is clearly working and it meets the standards for what we're trying to look for, why would I want the members to pay more for no reason? Like, is it going to show us extra stuff that we're already not aware of? As like you said, no one's got these convoluted cocktails going on because <laughs> your average powerlifter in the USAPL cannot afford that. Yeah. I, I mean, you, the, the why, it's just the delusion of the Olympics. Yep. Yes. Yep. That's, that's the answer. That's the simple answer. The delusion of the Olympics. That's it. Yeah. And all that kind of just speaks to how, I, I mean, we have made the argument in the past on the show that the USAPL is out of touch with its lifters. I also think the IPF is just out of touch with what happens in other federations within their umbrella. Because they're making this decision on the local level, and then us in America know for a fact. Like, I know this for a fact. It could be a hot take, but I'm very confident about this. 
in America, we are going to get more dumbasses who are hopped up on gear going into these stupid-ass local meets, jacking up the records. It could even be a state record. They just want to break a record. We have all the people competing at backyard meets and doing all this shit. It will happen here, and that completely tarnishes the integrity of USAPL. Because I, I, could, I that will happen several times if you just completely get rid of drug testing at the lo- local level. You will have one idiot go in there, break all the records, and then not do nationals because he doesn't or she doesn't want to get drug tested. Like... And I don't think it, I, I just don't know if the IPF is aware of that. I think I think another thing to consider too is the the way that a lot of these meets are run in other countries is very different from the way that we do it. Um, there are some countries that are IPF affiliates that the IPF directly runs meets. They, they don't they don't have like an umbrella federation that does it. They're literally just considered IPF meets. So this this particular decision affects us very uniquely because not only are we one of the the federations that you know does our own meets, but we do we just do so much drug testing compared to everyone else. I I think it was uh, Arian uh, Kamisi who who put up the the chart that just had all the lists of the tests and the pop pop athletes. We I think did more testing compared to all the rest of the other federations combined. Like I, I think the next five on the list we had double if you combined all of them together um so it it definitely affects us the most uniquely out of out of everyone and i i just don't understand in what world it makes sense to curb testing in a way that's going to allow more people to actively cheat um it it just doesn't make any sense to me and again i've seen some i saw some comments online about this where it's just like oh well you know the quality of the test matters and and the person administering the test matters i mean yes but Again, this whole that, that that sort of comes from this idea that there's some sort of widespread conspiracy amongst all USA powerlifting state referees and the higher ups and the national referees, and it's just like, do you, do you really think it's that serious? And I mean, even if like even if that was the case, people are still getting caught pretty actively. Like, yeah, we've had a few international pops, but that directly costs us. Mm-hmm. You know that 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 we we then get a fine from the IPF. So, like, why would we not want to curb that? I, I don't understand where that line of logic is, and it makes no sense to me uh, to say, like, oh, well, you know, the, the somebody, somebody, some third party giving the test matters more uh, than than there being a test at all. Because yeah. I'll take I'll take a ton of drug testing administered by the referees who volunteer for the job. By the way, it, it you know it's awkward as heck to drug test somebody, and they still volunteer to do it. I would take that any time over no testing whatsoever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not rocket science. Some is better than none. <laughs> I guess that's it. It's really as simple as that. And even some of the counters that I've seen people put in terms of like, um, well, clearly our quality drug testing isn't enough because you've got all these like super strong high level lifters who are clearly using it, haven't been caught yet. And, you know, they'll say, you know, Ashton, Russell, things like that. And it's like, dude, our G is his bedrooms. <laughs> like, that's that's it. That's like, like they don't want to hear that, but it is like they're not going to pop because they're not on it. Yeah. yeah, we also have a have a bigger pool of athletes too. That's the other thing as well. Yeah, like, there's just more. It, it's more likely that we're gonna have some some freaks. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's funny exactly. that when we bring this up, and I we can sit here and talk to each other and say how ridiculous it is that people actually think that there is some sort of funding going on to create these drug cocktails and make them miss a drug test or you know piss clean on a drug test. And we can tell this to the faces of everyone in powerlifting, and in two weeks. 
no one will believe us and make the same dumbass arguments in our DMs. Like, and you also, you can't be muscular, too. Because the only guys who get the accusations are muscular. Like, if they weren't, if Ashton and Russ weren't muscular, and they looked a little bit more like me, people would be like, alright. Yeah, that checks out, he's strong. It's like he's, he's, you know, I mean, his crap, that was the one. I'm saying I don't look like Ashton Russ. Okay. I have gotten fewer drug drug accusations guaranteed than and the funny thing is I've gotten way for I've gotten fewer uh you know steroid accusations in my career than Russ Orhi and he has been tested double the amount as me. He has been tested around eight to ten times. I've been tested four times in my career. It's but he will get more of the accusations and he's passed more drug tests. I it's ridiculous when we say it. You're stronger, than, you're stronger than me, and I can, I would bet money I've gotten more drug accusations than you have. Yeah, I, I, you I, have I, very I you have that. a very nice physique. If you don't have a nice physique, <laughs> you're not getting drug tested. Like it's that's how it works. And from the internet, because I I mean I have gotten people like, have you seen Russ's traps though? I'm like, oh my god, is this your best argument against me right now? <laughs> have I seen Russ's traps? I'm like, have you seen Saquon Barkley? Why aren't you in his DMs saying he's on steroids? Like he's a genetic freak. He's amazing. He's great at his sport. I mean, I'd, I'd in general just say, have you seen the sixth graders in Texas learning how to squat and what you all are doing, Marcellus? Like, this is, this is if you want to know why the U.S. is doing what we're doing, just go to Texas. That's go why Texas. we're freaks. Yeah. yeah, but then, like, we can't make drug accusations to, the, you know, the, the Russians squatting in snow and, and bare feet, like... You know, it's like they're, I mean, and then you kind of look at what's going on. It's like, yeah, they're, and then they end up being, you know, better at their sport than other people because their gets a little better. Yeah. yeah, but you could, I mean, I could, 100% of powerlifting could listen to this podcast and in a week I'll get a stupid ass DM from someone of saying that, you know, people know how to cheat drug tests. And I'm like, what world do you live in that you think we have the government, like, funding of people, because that's well, that's a whole Icarus situation. People will use Icarus as an argument against me. Be like, D- dude, a whole entire government was backing them up. <laughs> what do you think? Russ is Russ is awesome. He's got a lot of money. He doesn't have Russia power. You know what I mean? He doesn't have government power. Those he are has the same people who will turn right around. Who will turn right around and tell you that nobody about powerlifting. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was what. Was. <laughs> yeah, it's, nobody cares about powerlifting, but you believe that there's this conspiracy and all this money into letting our athletes, you know, cheat that's, the drug that's test. The best. I, I love that argument. Yeah. Uh so I think something just to kind of continue and kind of branch off into maybe possibly uh, our thoughts on what we could do, of what would work, is kind of going back to the post. Um, I think one thing with the post that we all kind of thought about is kind of kind of why because it was a bit vague on kind of what was being trying to be accomplished through it so i mean one thing to kind of to talk about is this is not new i mean i think it's been two or three years we've been in some kind of battle with the ipf of them wanting us to do this water testing and we have refused to do it the usa usapl stated in this post starting in 2021 we we're mandated which would mean we're part of that right now and so just from some information that was kind of gathered um uh, i talked to celine crumb who had just competed at collegiate nationals um, she said she was not drug tested, and what she was told by the meat director is she was not drug tested because uh, all drug testing was being done by a third party, which would allude to this post that Wada was doing the drug testing. I can confirm that. I saw the I saw the Wada officers there while I was coaching as well. Yeah, but the same day, I hosted a meet and was still abiding 
by the normal drug testing process. So seemingly right now, it seems like national meets are through WADA and then local meets are being done in the same way, which seems to be the best of both worlds. Does everyone agree? Like that seems mm-hmm. to be yeah. like the perfect scenario. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. My- everybody wins. Everybody wins. They At the national level, you're getting that higher quality drug testing, but then you're not interfering with what we're doing the local level to keep that 10% being drug tested. Yeah. And my, my whole question with this would be, if, if number one, if that's what it actually is, why is this post worded that way? Because that's a little bit misleading. Uh, and I, I feel like that just induced panic. Um, so if, that, if, if, I mean, if that's the case, it's definitely, that's definitely best case scenario. I, I personally would rather have that because then we do get that higher quality um, of testing. We don't have to worry about spending, you know, thousands of extra dollars with somebody going to worlds and popping. Uh, because then, you know, that, that ensures that there's nothing fishy going on with that. But then we, I, I don't know, like, I, I, like, why make this post if that's the case? It, it just kind of seems like that's, that's not the case if you're making this post, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, it, yeah. and at that point, it's just like, again, what is, what is the point of that? Like, why do we, why do we need to have water testing across all levels? What, what is so wrong with allowing us to do more testing if it doesn't directly affect the people that are going to compete on a world level, that it matters for the IPF. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. Yeah, and we do note as well, the USAPL sent out the email that the world's team fees are going up due to the drug testing cost increase, which again, that, that goes back to that could be completely fine. If, if world's team ONTs and the national level testing is going to be WADA, okay, it's going to cost a little bit more, but we understand that. I mean, but seemingly, I, I, I'm hoping, and it seems like, like I don't see why the USAPL can't separate from, like, in sense, the IPF just be doing the local level testing to keep the local level clean, and then we can keep, in some manner, the same system going. Other than the other than the issue that yes, testing at this this higher level is going to be more expensive, and unfortunately, might dip into some of the things that might make nationals what it is with the the loud production they can put into it and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. I think if, if anybody who runs the USA powerlifting social media is listening to this, if you could make a post qual or clarifying that, I think, I think the entirety of the, the body of USA powerlifting that is concerned about this would love a clarification, mm-hmm. uh, as to, as to what that actually means. Is it just that you haven't exactly rolled out that mandate for local meets yet? Uh, is it, you know, it, is it, it like we're saying, is it, that we don't have to do water testing for local meets. What's the situation with that? Uh, and the, the more updates you can give us on that, the better, I think for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like the, the sort of next logical step to, to discuss there is, you know, if, if this is the final straw, if people, you know, if, if the backing comes from the, the body of USA powerlifting and the, the e-boards like, okay, we're, we're pulling the plug. What does that mean for us as an organization? What what does it mean for nationals? What does it mean for you know just just progression in general? Does it mean that we form our own international body, like a la like Robert Wilkes did in with Powerlifting Australia, uh, forming World Powerlifting? Like, what does what does that mean? What are the implications? What uh, you know? What do you think everybody's reaction would be to that, et cetera, et cetera? Um, and also, are you guys even for that? Because uh, I don't think we actually discussed if if that was a, a for sure. Um, I, I know, I know I, for one, am again, like I said, at the, the top of the podcast, I'm sort of leaning a little bit more in that direction than I used to be. Um, and I think it admittedly, if we look at raw nationals, it's 
more competitive than IPF Worlds. That's not to say that there aren't great competitors that compete at IPF Worlds from other countries, but in terms of like how close the totals are across the male and female weight classes, it's definitely more competitive. Um, and again, not to diminish winning a world title or anything like that. That's still that's still awesome, but you know, it, it's almost a hollow thing for a lot of people. Like people like Russ, who are just so far ahead of the international competition, or or Ashton, if if he were to go. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's just like if if you win nationals, typically you you know, as long as some like crazy stuff doesn't happen while you're traveling, you almost have worlds locked up. So I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of a lot of stuff that could be going down with that. Um, and I honestly, if they made that decision, I, I would personally be okay with it. I, I think that it would be it would be very interesting to see. I just don't know what we would do. So, what are your guys' thoughts and ideas? So for me personally, I feel like I feel like in order to answer like how we go about that with the national competition, we have to first ask, what is the value of worlds, right? Because like you said, you don't want to diminish a world title. But to me, the value of worlds and having a world title is that okay, I am the best in the world. Well, the way I look at it is if you would get first place in nationals, right? And let's say you win by, I don't know, 10, 20 kg or something like that. Then you go to worlds and you win by like 50 plus kg. To me, it's almost like you won worlds when you won nationals, right? Like, I know that's not what it officially is, but to me, that's really how I look at it, where the purpose of world or world of competition should be that you are competing with the best of the best in the world. Well, if the best of the best in the world are already at nationals, you're kind of already doing that. So to me, I could easily see us doing something where it's like um, similar to what the showdown's doing right now, right? They're inviting just different leaders from different federations, stuff like that. Well, I don't see why the USAPO couldn't do something similar, just a drug-tested version of that, right? Where you only invite, like, you know, people who are drug-tested from, like, you know, different fields or whatever. They can come internationally and have some type of competition like that, right? Or, like, so that way you can still have nationals and be let it just be nationals, but you could have something like that at a different point of the year. Um, and I think that would work. Yeah, so, yeah, something like, yeah, yeah, very similar to Pretty much like the Arnold, um, where you know you can, it can be based upon in, invitation, total good lit points, however you want to do it. And to me, because really, to me, that's what the view of Worlds is: is that you're competing with high level competitors that just maybe aren't local to you, like on a national level. So if you just if you make your own thing, invite people to that. One, I definitely think people would come. I think a, a fear that a lot of people have is like, well, what's the incentive for them to come? the incentive that everybody has to stay in the USAPL right now, you want to go against the best of the best. And if the best are here, I don't see why people have this fear that, oh, but why would they want to come and, you know, compete here? Well, why not? If you want to say that, hey, I'm the best 83, you got to come beat Russell. Mm-hmm. So things like that. True. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you on that one. I think it takes a lot of outside-the-box thinking in order for that to happen. Uh, there, I do have my reasons <laughs> what I would like to see the USAPL say in the IPF. But that, but when I start to converse with more powerlifters and more people who are in positions of power or people who just have really good ideas and have a creative mind, the, the option of ye- leaving the IPF makes more sense. Because, like you said, you could have a meet where you invite the international lifters. And you mentioned the showdown. Who's running the showdown? What federation? The WRPF. They're not an American federation, but they're doing a meet in America. The USAPL can do that. The USAPL can do that. Major League Baseball does it, right? There's other Japanese leagues. There's leagues in Latin America. But the best players in Latin America and Japan go to Major League Baseball. They do it a lot. 
we can adopt those lifters. Like, okay, you fly out twice a year. You do this meet in Columbus, Ohio. You do this meet in Daytona Beach. And that's how you compete against the best. It's it's like it's like you don't need to have an international presence. You don't have to be a U.S. citizen in order to compete within the USAPL. I mean, WRPF WRPF is ironically doing the Kern U.S. Open. It works. It has worked. If you just kind of don't care about that stuff, you can leave and get the other lifters who want to be challenged. The international lifters wanted just as bad as the Americans to compete against the best. So I, it, it's definitely possible. And don't, and don't get me wrong. I think I think in a perfect world, okay, the IPF would just get their shit together, stop coming up with these idiotic mandates, and the USAPL and IPF could just get along great, right? Mm-hmm. But I just don't see that happening. It seems like things only keep getting worse. So as it would be like, because you, know, you see people comment that like, oh, I just wish there was some type of middle ground. Yeah, we all wish that. But they keep getting further away from that. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm it, like I like I want to talk about what's more realistic. I, I mean, I think a large part of that, and this is this is just down to the way that the IPF is run. Many of the individuals who are representing all of the countries are just older. They're they're more out of touch. Um, and honestly, yeah. not unlike what we've what we've yeah. talked about previously on this program uh, with. You know the the brass for for USAPL how how they're you know a, a little bit older and, and we we need more younger representation. Um, I remember, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not sure how long ago this was, um, but there was uh, at least at the IPF Congress they were they were throwing around some kind of rule about bench charging. Um, I'm not sure if anybody remembers this, yeah. but I I remember specifically yeah. uh, talking about how it was possible to contact your your specific IPF Congress representative to contact. Uh, people like Gaston Parage, who who is the president of the IPF, and that you should exp- if you didn't want this rule to go into effect, you should express that. Um, and I, I specifically remember making that story, and I remember Bryce Krawcheck reposted it, and there were just a ton of people that went out of their way to go and you know contact these individuals and say, hey, we don't want this. And I feel like the only way that we reach that point, the only the only way that we get to the point where the IPF actually starts listening is if people not only in, in USA powerlifting, but around the world reach out to their representative from the IPF and say, Hey, you're making moves that, that don't align with what the lifters want. And I mean, admittedly, they can still choose to ignore it, but at least at that point, you know, we've expressed what we want as, as people who are, are in member bodies of, of your federation. Uh, Cause to me, it just seems like these, these, Older individuals are only focused on this Olympic pipe dream that, let's face it, is not going to happen. It's it, as cool as it would be. It's not going to happen. I, I don't hold on. I'm going to interrupt you for a second. Almost akin to weightlifting. I'm going to I'm going to interrupt you for a second. This is if you just ask people if you want to be in the Olympics, most people wouldn't care. Like it's this pipe dream that people don't even want. Like that's okay. like pipe dreams are typically referred to as something that you really want, but it's me wanting to be a major league baseball player is a pipe dream. It won't happen, especially at this age. This is like me having a pipe dream of being a, a cashier at Home, Home Depot. Like I can do that easily. Like I could easily do that. I just don't. Why would you want that pipe dream? Like no one really has that. I, I it's like I don't even think it should be referred to as a pipe dream. It's just like an undesirable thing that they're trying to chase for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair too. Um, but yeah, it, it just, it doesn't make sense for like weightlifting is the sport in the Olympics. The, on, the, they're 
very close to being kicked out of the Olympics because they are the sport that has the most pops as far as drug tests go. And it's just like, why, why would a sport that is, is very similar to weightlifting ever get into, and honestly has a larger drug culture, let's face it, because of all of the, the non-tested federations that are out there. Why would that sport ever get into the Olympics? I don't, and that's, again, what it comes back to with, with the testing is they're trying to, they're trying to show that we're, that, you know, we're different in the IPF, but it's just like, it, that it's, it's something that nobody wants that's costing a ton of people a lot more money and is changing, it, you know, everything down to the local, down to the local level. It, 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 it's just, it lacks foresight. It lacks any sort of, of in-touchness for the people that are actually participating in these meets, uh, not just here, but around the world. Because, um, you know, it, it, even though a lot of other federations don't necessarily do a lot of uh, dr- local drug testing, it still is costing them money too. So it's just, I don't know, it, it just seems, it seems extremely silly to me to continue chasing that. And I wish people would actually, you know, express that to their representatives. I think a lot of people don't know that you can that you go on the IPF website, their, their name, their phone number, and their email address is all right there. Mm-hmm. You can contact them. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to give a little devil's advocate play here of the pot of why we might not want to leave the IPF. Um, yes. I will say in a perfect world, I would say, just leave the IPF. We all stay in the USAPL. We lift here. We do nationals. Awesome. It's great. I just, and in the short term, I think that works. I just don't know how it would play out in the long term. Um, and we're not Australia because Australia does not have the top to bottom competitiveness we do, nor do they have the same setup and everything. But we are seeing two things in Australia that are leading them back into the IPS and a lot of shifting from PA powerlifting Australia back into APU towards the IPF. And the two things are is one is kind of those top level lifters maybe getting a little bored and seeing these flashy little stars of people they want to compete against. Now, within the USAPL, we are more competitive. But for every weight class, yes, from top to bottom, if you take the top 10, nine of those people might place top 10 at Worlds. But every class seems to have one person at Worlds that's from another country that's an absolute freak and tends to have some type – there's some type of motivation of I would love to compete against them. And when you've won nationals three years in a row, you're like, what else is there to do except go to Worlds and beat so-and-so lifter? And so there tends to be this kind of motivation of I I really want to do that. The second thing is when – things pop up in that federation like powerlifting Australia is having some issues uh, allegedly with Robert Wilkes right now. Um, There's some things going on. Um, I'm not going to compare Robert Wilkes to USA powerlifting, but there's sometimes we get a little annoyed with USA powerlifting. Are we going to be more likely to jump ship if there's not this umbrella over us saying, I don't want to leave because you know what, if I leave, then I'm not part of the IPF and we're not going to have the structure. I I think there would be, the one thing of one, we'd have lifters wanting to go to that next step to have those other lifters compete against. And I think two, not having that umbrella may make it easier for people to jump ship on USAPL since we're not under that umbrella of federation for the world, for the world stage. So I can agree with, I can agree with that idea, particularly the next level of competition. I mean, let's face it. That is one of the major differentiators of about our federation is, is the ability to actually progress to a true world level competition where you can, where you can go and, and, it, it, you know, in a way represent your country, um, you know, face off against people you would almost never get the chance to face off against. But the, the question comes back to, um, you know, is there still a way to do that while we're under our own umbrella? And I, and I mean, I have to, to compliment you, Marcellus. I hadn't thought of an idea like what you suggested, but I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think that would, having something like that would be great. I'm not necessarily saying we, um, 
we form our own international umbrella federation, but I, that kind of an option would be there too. Uh, if, you know, USA powerlifting could change its name and very easily, you know, start hosting world level meets sort of like what Angelo said, we could, we could start, you know, reaching out to people around the world and hosting meets in other countries. It would be very easy to form that sort of a world level federation with the connections that people have. I don't know if that's what people want, but I mean, if it really does come down to, you know, do you want a, a world level meet? It's like we run some of the best meets in the world. I, I can't see a reason why it wouldn't be possible to start working towards that over time. I'm not saying that it's ama- going to be amazing immediately, but if that's what we need to progress to, then you know maybe that is something that we do. Well, I can think of one positive already. If they do that, they probably won't pick a place like Belarus to have a meet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they'll uh, probably they'll probably be a little bit more. And again, no offense to my our, all of all of our Belarusian listeners, but. I think they'll probably pick a little bit better destination for an international meet uh, if they yeah. decide to do that. That is true. And then yeah, the... oh, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. I was going to throw out one quick thing. In I would say it's another best of both worlds. I mean, our main I don't say our, yeah that's also our Canada our main competition. Who we're closest with is Canada. Like I would just love a North American federation, and we could just sit here. I mean that that could I, I'll throw that out. Like I mean it that seems like be awful. Yeah. 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 I was going to say in, in response to your point, too, about like, you know, sometimes the USAPL has done things that we don't like. That's definitely true. But I even look at it from the standpoint of, well, would I rather deal with just the USAPL does something I don't like, so I just have to go address it with USAPL officials or the USAPL does something I don't like and the IPF is doing stuff I don't like. So that's more people I have to kind of, you know, work my way through as far as that. And then in terms of, you know, like, like Joe said already, as far as the competition aspect, I don't see any reason why we can't do that. But I think something else to consider too is because you talked about how like, you know, having that umbrella kind of gives people incentive to kind of want to stay. Right. Well, I would, I would make the counter of, okay, what if we do stay and the drug testing really does like get diminished the way it's going to be, would that not give a lot of liquors incentive to go to say USPA drug tested? If that's what they're seeking, if they, if they're, if they, if for a lot of lifters where they know, hey, I'm never gonna win a national title, I'm never gonna go to Worlds. I just want to have fun at local meets against people who are being drug tested because I'm natural. What's to stop them from just going to another federation where they're gonna actually do more drug testing than what we can do currently if we stay in the IPF? Yeah, that, that actually is a good question. Like, it would it, so if our drug testing got diminished to the point that we couldn't do it at local meets, would that put our levels below USPA drug tested? Because I'm not familiar with their testing protocols. I think they're pretty, I don't know, I'm not positive, but I think they're pretty similar to testing about 10%. It's just 10%. that they don't test for all the same things we do. That we do. There's a couple different things. Like, uh, it's actually being added, but here, one big issue, they didn't test for SARMs. Um, uh, I believe okay. that is being added either as, like, literally as we speak, like it happened this month, or very soon that is being added to the band list. But there are some things they didn't test for that we do. Okay, so tomorrow, so- look at Oh, you have to also look at the perspective of the fact that their drug testing, I think, is, you know, especially for ours, relatively new, and they're still trying to grow and refine it. So if they're doing that while we're regressing ours, that mm-hmm. that doesn't seem like a good scenario for us. Yeah, to Marcellus's point, like, it, 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 at that point, I, I to me, that would make USPA drug tested a lot more fair to someone like me, who is probably only ever going to compete locally. Like, it wouldn't make sense for me to compete in USA powerlifting at that point because there's more of a chance that somebody that I'm going to be against is is on shit. Not that I'm ever going to win a meet, but, you know, just speaking as, like, the layman powerlifter that only ever competes locally, 
it, it, that's that's kind of what I want as somebody who's not on anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we've seen and we've seen yeah. the USAPL already use that kind of marketing to their advantage, right? Like Absolutely. if they if they see something in the USAPL that's disgruntling lifters, like uh, now they're actually taking that opportunity to market themselves, like, hey, we're the better alternative. And even if you look at the comments in Two Eye Lights, that's what's been said. It's like, well, there's always another alternative. USPA has a drug tested federation that you guys can actually compete in. So drug yeah. tested and a deadlift, <laughs> people are going to be signed up quickly. Yeah, exactly. Um, another another thought that I had too as well. I, I don't know if you guys saw on the original post how Jen Thompson brought up the idea of like having this pro league kind of thing. Um, I don't know what she was thinking as far as something like that goes, but I think it would be really cool to eventually be able to progress to something like that. Um, I, I don't know if they you know if they don't have something like this simply because of just the nature of USA Powerlifting, but I have to imagine like if we left if we left the federation, we would not be worrying about so many like there are so many behind the scenes costs that people don't know about that get paid to the IPF all the time whether it's just like it whether it's just like legal fees because I know they went to court uh over the uh over the records for example so that's a bunch of legal fees that just suddenly disappear there's fines to the IPF that disappear all of a sudden so there's a ton of extra money that goes around not to mention things like uh you know world team fees and all that are gone who's to say we couldn't do something like that where you know if you if you I don't know get over a certain coefficient score or something like that um you know you suddenly become a pro lifter and there are a bunch of meets that you know during a certain part of the season we have a true powerlifting season where there are now pro competitions that there are you know uh, some sort of there's some sort of incentive for doing um you know once you get past a certain level you can you know get your your powerlifting pro card or something or i don't know something along free the lines lifetime of membership <laughs> ouch <laughs> ouch Coming from people's throats there, but in, in all oh, honesty, yeah. that's a great point because I, I think yeah. I mean, going back, like again, I, I I play devil's advocate for all some points to talk about, but I'm I'm pro leaving US IPF if it's needed. I'm not against that, and I think what point you just raised there, if we don't have to pay them all this money and we can reinvest that back into USA Powerlifting, which again is a non for profit for all the untested people who think we're money hungry and just trying to make a ton of money. Well, we do need to make money, but it's also non for profit, unlike other other federations. If we could not pay some other overriding federation and reinvest that, that would be awesome. I mean, I'd be yeah. for that. Like, that's so, cool. There's so much financial flexibility, and I'm, I'm glad Joe touched on that because that was going to be my next point. I'm like, if you take all that money we're giving to the IPF just for them to essentially screw us over anyway, and we reinvest that. But, I mean, even at the local level, think about what you do. You can, we can have these, like, you know, high-quality streams for primetime meets, even at local meets and stuff like that. Because I actually think the fact they've been doing that more has been awesome. And – and beyond that, I even think about the fact that, like, you know, how ESPN is supposedly going to be, like, showing up to the showdown and stuff like that. Now, imagine the USPL once again does a meet on that type of level. I think that type of growth and, and that type of outreach is far more beneficial for USAPL and powerlifting as a whole than trying to get into the Olympics. Yeah. Yes. It's it's a better goal. What you guys are mentioning is just a better goal than the Olympics. That's something, and that's something desirable that lifters want, to be treated more as a professional sport. And... I mean, and again, like I, my previous point, what do professional sports do? They sign international athletes. Mm-hmm. There's other organizations out there that European basketball players in, but they decide to go to the NBA. That could be the USAPL. The only thing, now, it's it's a goal, it's a dream worth chasing as opposed to the Olympics because with that, it's bought up, it sounds awesome, but I have this feeling, and this is, I guess, me being a pessimist, 
that it won't be within our lifetimes that this happened. Or not lifetimes, our primes. That it actually gets to fruition that there is a professional league for the USAPL and drug-free powerlifting. I just... I, I see that taking the the organizational steps for that to happen is going to take a long time. It won't be twenty twenty two. It's like all right, we're good. We got it. We got this new cool federation that's a professional league, and there's professional levels to it because we already treat it like a professional league. We actually do. There is a season in powerlifting. We have those professional type beats. We actually have our own Olympics instead of chasing the Olympics. Why don't you acknowledge the Olympics that we have? We have IPF Worlds. That, in my mind, has always been the Olympics. That's like the Olympics in my mind. It's you represent your country, and that's the allure of it. But we already have that. All you need is the organizational steps, but that's going to take a lot of time. I disagree with that. Um, The reason being, and this is another reason why we might, like, a possible reason why to leave the IPF. We are seeing over the last five to six years a massive increase in popularity with powerlifting. Mm-hmm. We're not going to see that increase and then just kind of plateau for a really, really, really long time over the next 20 or 30 years and then all of a sudden have another peak probably unless something happens. Like I, If we don't do something with this peak right now, it, it might never happen. I, I think something has to happen now. Yeah. Yes. And I, this is, again, me being a pessimist, but also referring back to Sean Noriega's quote on one of our episodes it would help if a lot of power lifters weren't self-deprecating losers who don't think the sport is serious yeah i would be way more confident if every single one of us was gung-ho about being a professional sports organization but whenever you talk about it in a professional sense you get one jabroni fucking lifter saying like well it doesn't even you guys care about it too much like well all right we don't care about it it's like we care about it too much yep all right, well, let's not even try and do anything else. I think the mindset has to change in order for that to really happen. Wait, That's why I'm a pessimist. You're always going to have people who are like that, but I do think, I mean, just think about it. There's always more people getting involved in powerlifting, and that doesn't just expand the gene pool. That expands the different mentalities you're going to have, people getting into the sport as well. Mm-hmm. I think there's way more people already who would, be, who would love to do something like that. I know yeah. for a fact, so, like some of my lifters – are all for pushing for something like that. And I think it's just a matter of discussing it more frequently because I think that's usually where this conversation ends. Somebody brings it up. Someone's like, oh, nobody really cares that much. You don't care to argue with them about it, so you just leave it alone. But I think having that discussion more often and then being in a situation where it can actually be feasible. Right now, it can't if we stand under the IPF. But if we leave, there's so much more incentive and mm-hmm. in financial freedom to push for like that and even if it doesn't happen immediately like you said you're planning to see it and then you're still getting these other benefits that we would almost see immediately mm-hmm. so I, I definitely think it's i think it's something worth pushing for yeah and um, andrew i understand so. i i understand your pessimism i i'm definitely like i i've seen that i i've seen i've seen people like complaining and saying that nobody cares about powerlifting but it's just like if we let that if we let that deter us it's it's just never going to happen you yeah, know, it, it, it has to be it has to be something that people push for. Like, I I, I mean, not that I'm, I'm going to plug my own business here, but like one of the reasons that I started that I started my gym that I'm going to be opening later this year. One of the reasons is because I want to use it as a headquarters to push powerlifting. The mm-hmm. whole the mission statement on the business plan for the place is literally promoting strength sport 
to the masses. That is the entire point of, of this, this business. And I, I can't imagine that I am alone in that there are people that would love to do that as well. I, and I just think it, it, it's, it's a matter of, of being in the position to do that. And currently, as it stands, I, I just feel like the, the IPF is deterring us from doing that. Mm-hmm. And if we, if we did leave, if we did leave, it would put the organization as a whole in a much better position to do exactly what Steve said and take the growth right now and keep it going. Because he's right. If we don't do something with it, powerlifting will inevitably go down on that slope. It, it, it's, it's still peaking right now. It's, it's slowing down. But if, if we don't continue with it, it's, it's going to fall. Yeah. The, the valley is going to happen. Yeah, yeah, and I completely agree. I, I do agree that we have to take this moment. I mean, and we've been, I mean, I've been very vocal about it, is just trying to get it, but I really would like to see a personal thing is just a change in mindset from powerlifters. I have seen it more, but still there's enough of a population of powerlifters who still think it's a joke. And, I mean, it's just like I disagree with it. I really don't like those lifters. I'm going to be completely honest. They annoy me. Like, I just simply don't like that mindset going forward when I see the potential of the sport. I don't, I, I think it's just the potential I see in the sport, but also the potential that they're completely oblivious to. Because you go back five to six years, we have primetime in 2016. That idea has spurred so many professional developments in powerlifting that is mimicking a professional sports organization. It has been a constant growth, there has been more stars. There has been more features on ESPN. There has been way more mainstream success, and the mindset is still not yet changed. I would like to see it change within the next two or three years. It has, but I do know that population that I simply just don't like. And I, I, I'm going to go back. I play devil's advocate of leaving the IPF, but again, I'm playing devil's. I'm playing the opposite side of. Right now, the USA Powerlifting has to kind of follow IPF's goals since we're under them, mm-hmm. and their goals yeah. is the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And that is deterring from everything we're talking about. It is the exact opposite. And it's not going to get us anywhere. So, yeah. I mean, if we if we want to get to these spots we're talking about, and I, I was one that said in the episode we did a while ago that I don't think powerlifting will ever be mainstream. That it's not like me not wanting it to be. That if I just was a betting man, I would say it wouldn't be. But one of the things that would help it probably be is if USA Powerlifting could go off on its own, um, involve um, a younger base to be able to help drive growth in the sense of us, I mean, us being the main demographic right now um, and letting us kind of uh, develop our goals of where we want to take it versus writing the coattails of IPS goals. Yeah. And if we could, I mean, if we could summarize that discussion at all, the, I think the idea is exactly like how, how Angelo described, we, we would need to become almost the equivalent of like an NBA or an, an MLB kind of thing for powerlifting versus an umbrella federation that feeds into the Olympics, which is what the IPF wants us to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, between, between you and me, like it's, it, it's no contest. Mm-hmm. I would much rather be an NBA type organization, an MLB type organization uh, with, with those principles that we've been talking about as far as drug testing goes. I would much rather be that for the sake of powerlifting in general. I think that we could do much more for the sport. I think we could get a lot more people involved in more ways than we currently can with our current limitations easily. Yeah. You know, just throw out random ideas. I mean, what if, if you won, if we were alone and you won USAPL raw nationals, you were signed by USA powerlifting as a USA powerlifting athlete that then received a legitimate stipend and was used within, in, 
one, you get paid a salary monthly as a USA powerlifting athlete. And what comes with it though, is that you are part of their marketing for the year as their raw national champion, much like world's strongest man ends up usually happening or Mr. Olympia ends up. Now they're not signing them as that. That's what it happens is if you're the national champion, you're going to be our main marketing tool, but you're going to get a salary because of it. Yeah. How, I mean, how many people would then want to be a national champion because of not only the clout that comes with it, but they're literally going to get paid to now be a powerlifting athlete. I yeah, love the, that idea. The appeal is huge. And then even if we look at more of like these, these college teams, right. That are like forming on campuses for powerlifting, or if they start as like just a student organization to a team, you could be potentially looking at schools being one to offer more like scholarships now and yeah, stuff sure. like that. And that, mm-hmm. that, that just adds to the growth. And Another thing is even just the personality aspect, right? Like I, I like using Russell as an example all the time of just the amount of people he's brought into powerlifting. And to me, the IPF really almost tries to stifle that. Like even like their issues that they had like with Gino and stuff like that. It, it's, it, it, it's ridiculous to me. It doesn't make any sense. It's like, it's like they want to grow in this weird, like I don't want to use more traditional, but like this very old school rigid way that just does not work. It doesn't work like with the current times if you're trying to really expand powerlifting to what it can be. It is totally possible, in my opinion, to make powerlifting seem like a more legitimate sport without stifling that. I think it's totally possible to do both. Um, there, are, there are plenty of athletes Absolutely. that show a ton of personality on the field, whether it's like, uh, you know, uh, touchdown dances in football, you know, thing, things like that, or just, you know, the, the celebrations that basketball players after they hit after they hit threes. It's very possible to have a personality when it comes to professional yeah. sports. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I, I love that idea. Um, I would, I would even hope, obviously Steve, what you said was a little bit more short term. Uh, but I would love if we could eventually progress to the point that we have multiple athletes that are doing that, you know, like, let's say, you know, just to incentivize it a little bit more, if you're able to maintain a top 10 total, and again, this would be way down the road, but if you're able to maintain a top 10 total, you get a stipend. And then of course, being the champion, you get even more something yeah, like that records too that's where i think we need stepping stones. Yeah. i mean all this comes down to money like we need money to do this like you can't just like say oh i'm gonna pay all these people there has to be money so if at least you can start with that and then use that as a tool for marketing to build up where now we can go top three then we can go top 10 and it continues to build into being an actual pro division where we have pro athletes over time mm-hmm. yes yeah. And, and there's a direct path to that as well. Plus, plus, if we're able to to handle our own drug testing protocols and we actually stick to that, it's going to incentivize people more to stay clean because we're going to be, you know, we're going to be able to to have a high level of testing done. And it's just like if you get popped, uh oh, you're losing all your money. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I want to I want to pick up on what Joe just said too about the incentive to stay clean because aside from just you know the business aspect money what's best for the members i really do feel like at this point for me for me personally it's this thing where this decision assuming that everything is laid out the way we think it is is going to let me know how much the usapl actually values its members and its own values and i think those values matter like not to get super preachy but like drug testing matters to me i think encouraging as many people as possible to stay natural matters heavily i mean me and angela have talked about this before but it's this thing where it's like first of all you know if as you know how the competition it is still a form of strength training of exercise for your health so if you can do that in a healthier manner which is if you do natural than getting on a bunch of drugs i think everything the usapl can do to keep that going needs to happen i think mm-hmm. it's very important I, I have so many clients where you know yes you have 
were like former athletes, stuff like that. But I actually made clients where powerlifting was the first physical thing they got into and they developed a healthy mentality and physical well being. And that completely almost gets crushed if they're like, well, what's the point of me trying if I have to go up against this dude who's on A, B, and C and all these different drugs and stuff like that? It really does matter. The ethics and value behind it matter because at this point, I'm like, if, if they choose to stay, and the main argument is just to be under this umbrella and have access to worlds, then you care more about a handful of lifters going to worlds than the vast majority of your lifters staying natural. And I have an issue with that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, yeah, we, well, I just want oh, to add in here. If we don't take this opportunity to utilize this peak in powerlifting, someone else will. Some yes. other federation will. And like to your point, Marcellus, it could be the untested side. Now, I might get shit for this. I don't want that to happen. I do not want there to be a point where more people are encouraged to take drugs and powerlifting. I never want to see that happen. It, I don't think it's good for your and health. I think, and I think people on the untested side, uh, the ones that are actually, I'm going to say it, like responsible adults, will agree with that. Agree with that, yep. Yep. You should not be promoting drug use. It should be a possible decision you make as an adult. Yes. Mm-hmm. It should not be something that kids growing up think they're going to have to do. And I would even go, that, I would go. That is just plain wrong. I would still go past it. I just don't want to even see like people my age thinking they have to jump on gear to be competitive in a sport. Like, I just still don't even like that mindset. That's where I might get shit for it is just like saying I don't think the promotion of a federal federally illegal drug should be the stepping stone if you are successful or not in the sport. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you are 13. I don't care if you're 28. I don't think that should be the goal. But who's being more aggressive with these things? It's it's not it's not really the drug tested side, and really it, it it encompasses our entire argument here. It could be, but we have a weird relationship with an international federation that could potentially hurt all this growth that we could potentially be having, and that growth is going to happen. It, it's going to happen. I mean, I have to give people on the untested side credit; they really do try to make that happen. They really do. They, I, so what I was going to say um, was I would almost argue that that's, that's kind of already a thing in like other like barbell sports. Um, I mean, it, I think it's no secret. The world's strongest man is, is untested. Uh, I mean, I obviously I make a lot of content on, on TikTok, So it's a, a younger user base. There are so many videos that I've seen of like 13 year old kids showing off the fact that they're on SARMs, you know? And it's just like, if we have the opportunity as an organization to bring out all these high level lifters and be like, look how strong these people are. And they're regularly drug tested. They're, they're not on anything. This could be you someday. You know, and they look like Marcellus and they're jacked. Don't show me, don't show me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't show me when it comes to that. But yeah, exactly. And they look, and it's just like, this could be you, you could, and you will never know if you, if you don't try, if you don't, if you don't try to live up to your potential, that -hmm. could be you. It's, 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 you know, you have, you have an opportunity not only to bring powerlifting to the forefront of that, but just to, to make a general cultural impact and say, look at, look at what you can do without, with all this, without all this stuff, you know? Yeah. You, you can change. Go beyond. Yeah. Go beyond just, Hey, don't, don't get on drugs. Incentivize staying natural. Yes. Like show all the benefits and the perks to it. 
where, you know, Steve's point about the money comes in where it's like, Hey, if you get popped, you lose this position of, of making this much money. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it, all, it all comes full circle. Yeah. And, and then really, you know, you know, just in my experience, you know, playing high school sports, kids do not need more of an excuse to take drugs, especially performance enhancing drugs, because in my high school, I do all four years of, there was five or six kids getting weird test boosters, trying to find steroids, trying to find whatever competitive they need to just be good at high school football. I mean, they could have had more, they could have had more uh, or bigger aspirations in the sport, but Really, it was just to be better for high school football or be better for high school baseball. And it didn't go well. It wasn't a good life choice for them. And now kids have their phones. They see more things. They see more content. They have more. And now they could find a whole completely different sport that's more accessible to them that they could actually be more successful in. And if they see the open use of steroids, then they're going to make poor life choices again. And yeah, I, I, like the, the funny thing you, you would say this stuff and then still kind of get, get this weird natty elitist card, but that's, that's the reality of it. Like you should not be telling people to take steroids. Really. I mean, in my opinion, I, it's, I, I'm pretty free with things like how I do things. I just still, I don't even like the notion of, you know, if you're an adult, then it's okay. Like, Maybe you should stay away from it. Like, just do it because it's federally legal and it's not a good idea. Yeah, well, it'll be and beyond fact, it's illegal. I, I don't know anyone that's ever just encouraged someone to go smoke cigarettes. You know what I mean? Like, you're an adult, you can go do it. But I've never met anyone that's like, oh, you're dealing with stress, just go smoke cigarettes. They're usually going to suggest hey, something healthy. Right? Hey, develop. So it's, hey, dude, you have a problem. Develop a, develop a drinking problem to compensate for that. Yeah. Like, why, yeah. like yeah. why don't you drink more alcohol in order to compensate for all the problems you're having in your life? Like, no, I wouldn't suggest you do that. Yeah. Like, like to me, tolerance is literally just the fact of, adult, you choose to do this, I will not stop. But it's not me that I have to in any way, shape, or form like or support or endorse it. And to me, it's, it's as simple when it comes to PDs. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, that I, I just thought of um, while we were talking about this, the, the idea of high school stuff. Powerlifting is a high school sport in several states. If we develop this sort of a, uh, a like pro level league, who knows where that could where that could go? You know, it could. Mm-hmm. We, we already talked about the fact that more colleges could maybe create programs and scholarship incentives. Who knows? Maybe it could start becoming a more more popular thing at the high school level too. It could it could literally become a sport like that where where people are doing powerlifting in certain seasons and then they're going to college on a scholarship of powerlifting and then then they graduate and they they become a pro level powerlifter. I'm not saying, I know that sounds like a pipe, a pipe dream now. I feel a little bit ridiculous saying it out loud, but it's, it's a possibility. It could definitely happen. I actually think about it. I don't get why more places haven't copied Texas, right? Yeah. Why? We already do that over here. Like it's, it's already big in terms of um, high school powerlifting. Like I, why, why is that not a, like, I think if USA powerlifting could have an opportunity to promote that nationwide is, Hey, require this for your football players. And see what happens, and I, it, we, we see what happens in Texas. Like I, that yeah. should be a, that should be an easy sell. Like we'll we'll set up these meets and cents for these high schoolers. Require your athletes to compete in powerlifting in the off season. The gym I was just at was that's what the, I mean. As soon as I walked in there, 
it's a it's a facility for powerlifting, but their the goal is to really train a lot of young athletes, either to get better for a sport. And that was immediately upon conversation was why is it this school doing powerlifting training with these kids because they have five Division One athletes, but their team went you know four and five. Like, like this is like they they have all this potential, and that's what they're missing is a good strength and conditioning program that emphasizes powerlifting. And yeah, I it's it's something that has been discussed. And also, you you talk like okay, it's very hard to make a Division One scholarship for football, but you know we have something where you can get a scholarship or find something in college that you can do that will occupy your time and actually something you can excel in. That all provides some sort of use in a person's life. Like when I saw a frat nats, it just seemed like it's such a good thing, frat nats, in a lot of ways, because I just see people doing something in college that's fun. Mm-hmm. And that's true. Like they're they're on a team, they're hanging out with their friends, they're meeting more people from different colleges and universities, they're gaining life experiences. Like a lot of people I mean the NCAA loves to promote that. Most people go pro in something that isn't sports. Well, I think powerlifting can be that too, where they're developing these life skills in the college setting, uh, and it's not necessarily even to go pro, it's just something that's good and it, yeah, can be promoted. And at the same time, you can have that, you know, golden nugget up there that you can be a professional athlete. Just as an aside, Midland needs more competition. Yeah, I was going to ask... I was- doesn't Midland like offer scholarships for probably like small ones or something like that? They, they do, and they and they field a full equipped and raw team. They won yeah. everything this go yeah. round. They won every single team award. They and there were so many of their lifters that placed first. No, no offense to Midland, like that's that's fantastic, but they they need some more competition. You know, yeah, yeah. And doing something like this would definitely incentivize colleges to to do that. I, I guarantee it. Yeah. And, and to bring it all back, it's like, you know, to like, okay, because this whole topic is, should the USAPLA league guy PF? I think even when people want us to get more nuanced with it, they just mean like, okay, well, what are you going to do to replace the world? It goes, I think we've shown this, it goes so much deeper than that. There's so much more potential of what we can do for not just the USAPLA, but powerlifting as a whole, yes. if we're just willing to take those first few steps. Yeah. And I think it's scary because change is scary, right? Like, we're like we've been on the IPF, we're used to this. And, yeah, it's cool to talk about what we could do, but we have to actually, like, take the first few steps to try and do it. Mm-hmm. I just have to wonder, what's, what's, the mass, what's the pure allure of competing at Worlds? I can see, I, I definitely, as a competitor myself, see it. I do see there's a massive allure and something cool about competing in IPF Worlds, but is that it? Is that where it begins and ends? Is just... It's really special. Like that's the only thing I can think I of. Mean, like it's representing your country like against that, international lifters, and I think yeah. it's a really great. Ex- I mean, I don't. I'm not shitting on it at all. I think it's a great experience as a competitor. That would be amazing to me. But is that yeah. it? Is is that all? Like it'll be just as special like to me to be a professional in something. You know. Yeah. Uh, to me, I feel like that's all it is because I'm like, whenever. Every single argument I saw for why we should stay somehow went back to Worlds. And just like, oh, I enjoy the international competition, or I, I want to step on the world stage. I want to put on the best in the world. So I feel like that really is it. Because I can't any other thing that makes me be like, oh, yeah, the USAPL should stay in the IPF. I can't think of a single other thing. 
because outside of that, it just seems like it limits us more than anything else. Yeah. That that was my best argument, like that I thought of when people ask me. It's just like it always goes back to just me saying, "Well, it'll be cool to compete at IPF Worlds," and that's it. That's where it ends yeah. for me. Like it'll be cool to do. I mean, I'm not again not negating that feeling. I bet it's amazing, but that's it. Like that's, yeah, that's the only and thing. I, it is cool. Like it's the only aspect in powerlifting where we have a true world championship. And if in a perfect world, the IPF could be a perfect overlord of powerlifting and run things great and we could have a world championship and this would be awesome but if they're not going to do it that's where we're talking about where we need to leave but i mean i I get the appeal of worlds like being the true world champion um would be amazing but it's not worth it if it's going to hurt the other i mean if there's eight world champions coming from the u.s and then there's twenty two thousand other powerlifters in usa powerlifting that have to hurt to allow those eight world champions to win their titles that's not worth it exactly that's that's what it comes down to me it's 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 a simple numbers game it's like i and this comes from somebody we're like hey i coach a lot of these lifters who will be on that world stage i'm sorry it is not worth them going to worlds to screw over everybody else in the federation it's just not like that's not even a hard choice to me at that point and a lot of those lifters share those opinions, those eight world champions that you mentioned. Yeah. I mean, I know, I, I do know there are many who value the world, the international competition, but there's also many who just be like, okay, I will trade that in. I will trade that in for competing in a world stage to have a more professional organization. Yeah. I was to, to also give a, another, another perspective on this. I was talking to one of my guys over in the UK about this and he, he shares the opinion. He, he's, he's just like, mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. like, like obviously worlds is more competitive for, for him compared to the, his country. But he's just like, if I was in that same situation, I, I, I would say it does, it doesn't make any sense. Um, it, at the end of the day, like I, I'm again with both of you guys, the, the feet, the needs of the few don't necessarily outweigh the needs of the many in this case, like just because, um, just because we have, you know, arguably a, a lot of world champions compared to other countries doesn't mean that their needs outweigh the, the large contributing body of powerlifters here in, in America. Um, and I, I do think that that if this option isn't considered very heavily by the the USAPL brass, I do think that that says a lot about the whole of how, how they look at the whole of the individuals. Um I don't know. I just, I feel like I feel the more, the more we have this conversation, the more and more I'm just kind of being pushed into that, that camp. And I, I don't know. I just, I, I guess maybe a good way to wrap up this discussion would be, you know, how, how do we, how do we get, how do we get to the point where we're leaving isn't a, a good idea or, or I guess a better way to put it would be like, where, where could, could the IPF go to incentivize USAPL to stay? Like what, what changes would need to be, because right now, if they continue along this path, I just, I can't see that happening. If it doesn't happen now, I feel like it'll, it'll happen eventually if they continue to go down this path. I think it would be do the things that we're suggest doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like try to adopt those practices that we like and try to develop a more professional sports organization and stop trying to create this organization that is solely for the Olympics. I mean, like that would, I mean, that would be, like okay then you get the international competitions as well you get worlds you get that season like and i i don't know how i guess the organization of it would be harder because i think a lot of us do want to see a professional sports organization mimicking the other ones i don't know how much harder that would be with an international presence as far as like snipins and pay for certain athletes it'll probably be you know more difficult but 
I would just, I guess like um, a healthy relationship between the USA USAPL and IPF to effectively create a professional sports organization that helps their lifters. That's what would make me keep say in the IPF. But here's what yeah. like but like this is aside is if the USAPL decides to branch off and you know start trying to sign quote unquote international lifters the IPF is probably going to make a mandate saying if you compete in the USAPL you're going to face a one to two year suspension from our meets. I mean technically their their mandate their mandate about international competitions with other federations would technically already encompass that. that exactly. We, so that's uh, or they would yeah, just they, specifically word it in that way yeah. like if you even compete at this drug free federation you can't yeah. do the like that's how I see it unfolding. I would like a healthy relationship where they try to make a professional organization internationally and uh, domestically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, same here. I feel like, <laughs> I mean, just, just stop making mandates that don't make sense. Like, like stop making mandates that only, that don't really benefit you because first of all, like I said, they're working towards a pointless goal. So anything they do under the guise of, oh, this gets the Olympics is capped anyway, but stop doing things that just directly limit the lifters and the coaches at this point. Like I said, like Steve and I literally, if, or, or Joe, if we, if we go coach a client that's at, you know, a big meet that's not, you know, that goes against that regulation, then we, we, pace, we face a penalty for that, which is ridiculous. Like, that should never be the case. Yeah. And um, the, uh, the, Angelo, the guy that you handled today, Hussam, shout out to Hussam, who I'm sure is listening to this. Like, if I went to handle him at his, at his big meet in October, I wouldn't be able to coach at Raw Nationals. It, it, I wouldn't be allowed which is crazy. And one thing I'll say is we said, like, I, I understand the IPF rules of what they're doing in the sense that all they care about is the Olympics. Yeah. Like these actually, I mean, I get it. Like, I understand why they are wanting to enforce these rules with the sole goal of getting the Olympics. They're, they're not, I, I don't like to use the word meaningless for them because like it's to get to the Olympics. And so we need to decide do we want to be in the Olympics and follow the IPS pipe dream or do we have a different goal? And I think and the more we talk about this, I think we're all agreeing. We have a different, I think we agreed before we have a different goal than getting the Olympics. And so like, yeah. we're going to keep getting these things pushed on us because they're going to keep trying to get to the Olympics. So the one thing I'll say, um, I am very pro the USAPL leaving and us doing our own thing, but they can't leave until we have a, if they're not going to have a plan set in place and they're just going to like do it and then just like continue to run the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. 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 Just to answer my own question. I think the thing that we would need to, to, or that the IPF would need to do would be to, to kind of what we've talked about previously with USAPL, just have a more direct line to its membership, um, have more open communication between uh, the member nations and have that discourse disclosed a little bit more and, and, honestly have their have the representation uh for each each membership nation actually be you know somebody that is regularly communicating with the membership of of each country which i i personally see that not being as likely because it a lot of the representatives are uh elderly men and women that have been in that position for a very long time um but I, I feel like that would that would need to be the case, and that the that these things that we've been discussing on this podcast would need to be communicated in a way that we feel as if they're actually listening. Um, but yeah, that said, I, I'm definitely with you on that, Steve. Um, we we do need a long term, like if we 
if, if the e-board, you know, decides to put it to a vote and they do say, okay, we're going to leave, it can't just be, okay, we're leaving. And then, then, you know, I, I could see maybe, maybe the first year that, that happens running our same meet schedule. But after that point, there needs to be a, a distinct long-term plan as to how we evolve as an organization, whether that's, you know, keeping our, ourselves as USA powerlifting, whether that means evolving into a, another federation that, that covers international stuff, whatever it, we just, we would need a solid plan before that actually yeah. happens. Cause that, that would help alleviate the issue of like the seeing these other lifters in other countries and starting to get this little urge to go compete against yeah. them. If we're constantly evolving and like, well, why should we leave? We're, we're the best. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm also curious because two white lights doesn't have as much of an international presence as, you know, obviously as compared to what we do in America, but like, I'm curious what international lifters think about the Olympics. I feel like it's just a USAPL thing to not care about the Olympics. And I don't want to make it seem like it's not important for everyone because I think as powerlifting as a whole, I think there's a lot of international lifters who think the Olympics is the absolute pinnacle sport. Sure. And I, and I respect that. I understand it, but I think that's a, an American thing. Really. It's a big American thing where we value a more consistent type of organization year in and year out. And the Olympics is lost a little bit of lore in America. Um, I, I, I like compare, comparing the two, but that brings more argument to the USAPL kind of doing its own thing and leaving the International Federation because that's what we value. That's what we value more. I agree with that. But I just, yeah, I, I, I just don't want to make it seem like uh, there's no one in the world who cares about the Olympics because there's definitely a lot of people, I think, within powerlifting who do and within our age range, too. It's not just the old heads. It's the actual people, uh, you know, competing. One sure. one other point that I actually just thought of as well, too. If we did leave USA Power, or if USA Power did leave the IPF, more than likely there would be another IPF affiliate that would be formed here. Um, because I'm sure the IPF is, is going to want to still keep their American presence. So it's like, at, at the end of the day, like, do, does is that really such a... Um, is that really such a bad thing, you know, for the, the people that do want that sort of international level thing, you would still have an option as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not that I'm, not that I'm saying that that's a good thing because that personally, I think that just divides the sport even more, but if that is something that's like holding somebody back, you know, you can, you're, you're still going to have that option if that's really a deal breaker for you, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think it kind of works out because that just gives the USAPL even more incentive to have a plan and keep evolving to keep lifters from leaving to go to that new, you know, American affiliate that's in the IPF. So even that, even that type of competition, if you want to look at it that way, works out nicely, in my opinion. Yeah. I, uh, I'm also curious as to like how, um, cause we are, you know, a lot of the opinions that we, that we share, I feel like are stuff that comes from a lot of the younger participants in, uh, in USA powerlifting. I do have to kind of wonder what the, the older members of, of, of our federation think about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause obviously we don't hear stuff like that. Like I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking of all the, the individuals who are, you know, IPF cat one, cat two referees that we see at, at, at these national meets that are sitting in the chairs. Uh, you know, I have to wonder what they think as well. Um, and I, I have to imagine they are probably in the same boat as us, just maybe a little bit less vocal. Um, but I do think like if, you know, if by some miracle, uh, somebody who is in that particular position, or even who's just an older member of USA powerlifting is listening to this, uh, speak up because I feel like the only way that this change happens is if we, if we all speak up and say, Hey, this is what we want. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know how to word this right and how it would work, but like also one thing is like if we're getting in like let's say the pipe dream happens and we get into Olympics, it's single ply that's on that road. I mean, they're yeah. the one in the world games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. Like the IPF wouldn't allow this, but it's almost like could the USA power of things split and we could just have equipped working towards the IPF goal and then the raw not, but then that goes back to they're not they they'd never allow that. So it would be yeah. that the equipped side may go to the IPF affiliate and then USA powerlifting just it, sticks to the raw aspect. It, which just, honestly wouldn't be the worst thing ever. Just worry about raw powerlifting. Yeah, it's just knowing the culture because if they actually do accomplish their pipe dream, there's just gonna be a lot of lifters be like, all right, cool. And then kind of move on with their own powerlifting. <laughs> yeah, like like I mean yeah. I, I said on a previous show when are they going to put powerlifting on the Olympics as far as television goes in between shot put or javelin? What or time on, is it going to be on? Live streaming platform. Yeah. yeah. What time is it going to be on? 3 a.m.? 4 a.m.? Yeah. 2 in the afternoon? We're all at work. Like, it's still, it's just not this. Th- there's so many Olympic sports too that just no one cares about. I don't want it to be the Olympic sport no one cares about either. Yeah. Unfortunately, like, people don't care about po- white weightlifting. People really don't find that entertaining. I love Olympic weightlifting. I always thought it was amazing. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And there's still people who are just like, I don't know what this is. And they kind of just scroll through. USA versus everything else, though, because if we all knew that if we got the Olympics, we could all be paid athletes from the government, that would change our mind for sure. So I I get why other countries, that's kind of like Angela's mentioning, like, who would care about going to the Olympics? Well, it's the countries that are going to have government funding if it's an Olympic sport. Then they're going to care yeah. about it because then they can be paid athletes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. some some do. Like, like uh, Swedish Swedish powerlifting, they they are a government-funded team. They, they pay for, like, training camps for their their teams. Uh, like, it's it's a it's a legit thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, can, I can see where, like, a, a team or a, a country like, say, like Sweden would be in favor of, of a rule change, like the one that, that – USAPL is talking about because it, it just furthers their ability to to continue to be a more professional type team. Well, like, uh, like Angelo said, that's 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 fine. That makes perfect sense. I think it's though though the USAPL has to do what's best. Its own culture, yeah. If they can't be in alignment, they just need to split. Mm-hmm. Like, like like that's like that's the point I'm at. I'm I'm not even like even though I think it's good to bring it up. I'm glad that Joe did. I'm not even at this point of like, well, what could the IPF do to change my mind? At this point, nothing. Because anything that I think that I would want them to do seems way more unrealistic than what I think the USAPL can do if we just leave and do our own thing. That's the point I'm at. Because this this isn't just what's gone on in the past few weeks. This is a buildup of the direction they have continued to go for the past few years. That's very fair. Well, yeah, that's a fair point, but to play devil's advocate here, I used to say the same thing about USAPL, and there's some recent actions that make me think otherwise. You know, but I will say that the communication between us and the IPF is far worse than that. It's a little bit more easier to get. So I will, you know, side with you on that point, but... I was at a standpoint like, okay, they, they just don't like the USAPL doesn't listen. They don't listen to what we say. And then I found out that, you know, occasionally they really do listen and they really do care. I'm like, oh, I, well, my perception of it has completely changed. And now I actually have faith going forward. I mean, again, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying that just because I don't think anything's out of the realm of possibility. But I know yeah. it's hard, it's harder to communicate with the IPF. 
Yeah, that's my thing too. Because even if when the USAPL does certain things that I have an issue with, right? Let's say, especially like it's on like the national level or whatever, like cameraman or whatever it may be. I still then go back to my original point of like, okay, well, most lifters are doing local meets, mm-hmm. not nationals. And on that local level, they do a pretty good job. Like I, I, I can honestly say that, especially compared to a lot of the federation. So I kind of look at it from the same scope where it's like the communication aspect and what we can actually do to impact the normal everyday lifter through the IPF to me, it just seems to be getting worse and worse. And like I said, if, if tomorrow the IPF posted something like, Hey, we're recounting all of this. We're going to change this and that. Awesome. I'll happily be wrong in that case. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it happening. I just, I realistically don't. Well, to bring it all in, I'm going to ask you guys this one simple question. You just have to give me a yes or no answer before we close out. Joe Stanek, yes or no, USAPL leaving the IPF? Yes. Steve Denovi? Yes. Marcellus? Or hesitant, yes. Oh, absolutely, yes. <laughs> okay, the hardest stance is Marcellus. Um, I'm just going to soundbite this and send it to Gaston, so you guys are all screwed. All right. Oh, nice. <laughs> so this is blackmail. This is all blackmail. I'm not going to, I'm not even going to edit. I'm not going to air this part, but yeah, I think it's a sweep. Yes. Because I mean, that's how I, that's why we do things on like two white lights for discussions. A lot of this is educate me. Cause I was actually on the fence about this, but when you talk between lifters and coaches and other people, things start to make more sense. And I, the, the debate will still rage on. I mean, I could potentially have a IPF, coach or lifter in my dms or on the show and you know give me the counter side of the argument on why they would or why it wouldn't be a great idea or why it's more beneficial but you know based on everything presented to me based on what i've heard i would um i would also say yes as well so um thank you for coming on the show gentlemen it's always a pleasure talking to you three pleasure's pleasures all ours man thanks dude no problem Hopefully we'll see you guys on soon. Steve, you will definitely be on soon because we got to conclude this March Madness thing. So that will be our next episode. Me and Steve, March Madness. We'll see you guys. I actually don't know the day. I think it's Friday. But peace.